All right. And welcome to Discussions of Truth. This is uh, Ian Trottier coming at you from Wynwood Radio in Miami, Florida. That is of the Wynwood District. It's a it's a it's a it's an old warehouse neighborhood. Uh, really, is what it is, and uh, it's become kind of a posh place for um, for uh, early mid twenties, mid thirties, early thirties. Semi-professional professionals to uh, to shop and eat and uh, now live. Uh, when I first moved to Miami about uh, six years ago, it was nothing. Uh, there was nothing there. It was maybe a coffee shop. Well, th- not maybe. There was one coffee shop and uh, uh, maybe a bar type thing. Well, again, not maybe there was. There wasn't much, though. And locally in Miami, Wynwood... Um, has really grown the past uh, the past few years. So this is our uh, little bunker here, um, our little studio in, uh, in 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 the in the heart of uh, in the heart of Winwood, if you will. Discussions of truth comes at you Wednesdays at five o'clock, and uh, if you are not familiar with the program, if the first time listening to it. You may find all previous episodes uh, uploaded to my website, and that's iantrottier.com, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at both places. I post fairly frequently to both of those uh, social media outlets. I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R are both, both handles. Uh... Dr. Young Hae Chi is an Oxford lecturer that uh, that says that the the planet Earth is uh, currently occupied by a, an extraterrestrial species that is actively interbreeding with the human race, creating a hybrid species to um, combat the coming uh, dangers of well. Alteration, climate, and destruction of the climate, uh, of climate change, to come at that. So uh, we'll work work on bringing him back. He um, he is apologetic uh, that uh, that there was that difficulty connecting with him. Uh, Doctor Jacobs, a former uh, Temple University uh, professor, joined us instead, as he has a a number of accounts uh, regarding. uh, regarding uh, abductions, um, typically on discussion of truth, I go after just that, um, identifying truths, and um, whether I offer it up or if I'm asked why I started the program, it all comes back to um, the Zika virus of Miami uh, a couple years ago. Been over two years now, um, and. Uh, what I had found was plenty of controversy surrounding that virus and the pesticide used locally in Miami-Dade regarding that virus. As I dug deeper, I was appalled at some of the, um, the parallels that the virus and the pesticide took and take. Um, parallels meaning... They both cause microcephaly. I was then led to a 1972 uh, speech given at, it just so happened to be, the Republican National Convention in Miami Beach in 1972. And one of the speeches was delivered by a Hoover Fellow at the time. That's Stanford Hoover Institute, uh, Dr. Anthony Sutton. Anthony uh, revealed uh, much of his research during that speech that was taken and received in a non-welcoming way by many members of that convention. He returned to Palo Alto and was reprimanded for divulging and revealing some of, well, most of the information that he revealed. 
again, a discussion of truth. What he revealed was mechanics working inside the United States government that lead back to, in his case, what he revealed, Skull and Bone Society of Yale University, going back a couple centuries. Yes, wealthy, aristocratic American families manipulating um, politics and economics for their favor, the profit thereof. This is a constitutional republic, the United States government. And what that means is we the people, i.e. what Martin Luther King fought for, was equal rights. We the people is what the Constitution, that's how it's written. Which means if you are an American citizen, you have the right to have your voice heard. That is not always the case, is it? And it is becoming more and more censored, if you will, freedom of speech in that regard. Um, So, if a lecturer at Oxford University in England says that he has evidence that supports his argument that there is an extraterrestrial species on the planet right now interbreeding with the human race, bring him on. Okay? Um, Whether I agree with it or not, this show is a platform for that voice to be heard. You, me... We are within our own right to accept or deny his argument and evidence. Prior to that, we had on David Icke. If you're not familiar with David Icke, please familiarize yourself with his works. For decades, he has been at uncovering... Uh, in his in his word, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the spider web. There is a, a major international conglomerate that is working towards something you may have heard of, and if you haven't, turn over the U.S. dollar bill. And by the way, it is a bill; it's not a dollar. It is a note, which is different than a dollar. It is a, a note. It's a bill. It's a bill of debt. Turn that over and you will find the term, Latin term or phrase, novus ordo seclorum. This is a real thing that we all breathe and live in. Yes, the new world order. So circling back to the Zika virus and down the road of Anthony Sutton and to the Skull and Bones fraternity at the Yale University and uh, various members like, like, like the Bushes. Uh, uh, like uh, former Secretary uh, Kerry, uh, members of the Rockefeller family, then uh, I was led to consider are these same mechanics that I had mentioned involved in something called the Federal Reserve because the what we refer to as a dollar bill is a Federal Reserve note. It's a Federal Reserve bill. Uh, right, yes, the U.S. US Treasury and government... Um, it, it, it would owe the Federal Reserve that, which means we all would owe that. So if the Federal Reserve is uh, receiving a, a debt on behalf of us, we the people, then the question is, who is in the Federal Reserve? Because it's not a federal institution. It's a private banking organization. Yes, there are 12 offices around uh, the jurisdictions around the country. Uh, Miami happens to sit within the Atlanta jurisdiction. Another jurisdiction, I believe, is Denver, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, New York. Okay, there, there are a total of 12. If they're not federal, what are they? They're private. 
and those books are not open to the public. So then circle that back to the government that we all that, that we all feed, right? The pig that we feed, if you will. Uncle Sam, we support Uncle Sam. Proud Americans, yes, we are all very proud Americans. We love our country. But if it's a constitutional republic where everyone uh, should have an equal say and right, it all depends on the majority vote, is the Federal Reserve just? Is it legal? So, yes, I'll go down the extraterrestrial road, but typically we talk about issues such as that. James Tracy, uh, former uh, uh, professor at uh, Florida Atlantic University, joined the program for David Icke, and, and, and James spoke greatly about being censored. He wrote a, bra- a blog that uh, Media Theory was his PhD, and he wrote a blog questioning uh, Sandy Hook, uh, that, that disaster, and how some of, some of that unfolded. And he lost his job because of it. Okay. The guest list is impressive. We've been very fortunate on this program to receive incredible guests, including um, chief scientist at NASA Langley, Dennis Bushnell, who joined us a, a couple months ago, uh, uh, and uh, Paul Hellyer, who's a former uh, deputy Canadian prime minister. But today, and let me let me let me before I get into our guest of today, let me um, let me note that July tenth, uh, New York Times bestselling author Tom Hartman will join the program. Talkers Magazine ranks Tom as the number one progressive talk show host in America, the number one progressive talk show host in America with a cumulative audience of six point five million listeners. He will be joining the program uh, July tenth. Next week, we'll have Command Master Chief Leon R. Walker Jr. Um, talk about his, his book. It's a compelling story of a disadvantaged African-American youth from Cleveland, Ohio, overcoming socioeconomic challenges. Uh, he found Walker, that is, found a way to blossom in his career serving the U.S. country via the United States Navy. So we'll, uh, l- l- we'll learn uh, and listen and have a conversation and discussion with uh, Leon Walker next week as he discusses his book, Broken. Again, if you are not familiar with Dr. Sutton, he is deceased, but, but please look into his research. He, 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 dives into, he dives down a road called the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, what is the Hegelian dialectic? It's basically, to sum it up, it's basically... Um, the um, M.O. of controlling two sides of a conflict. You control the opposites. So you control negative, you control positive, you control A, you control B. And if you are funding, hence controlling, um, both sides of a conflict, for instance, Vietnam, then regardless of the outcome, you're going to win. Is it possible, I'll just pose this out there for you to consider, is it possible, since, since the, you're in our, the Federal Reserve, the United States Federal Reserve is private, is it possible that there are shareholders in the Federal Reserve that would have no problem supporting both sides of a conflict if they're on neutral ground, i.e. Switzerland? If they're, if they're, if they're, if they're uh, let's just say their investment was protected, through Swiss Bank, is it possible that they would have no problem funding both sides of a conflict, even if it involved the United States? Yes, Vietnam, sure. What about Afghanistan? What about Iraq? Okay. Just things to consider, things to talk about. When we had David Icke on the program, I had suggested, as he dissects this web, I suggested how much of a hand does the Vatican have in this global economic system web? And that is a question you should be asking yourself. And, and, and it shouldn't be that astonishing of a question for you to ask because simply 150 years ago, 
well, a little more than that, but let's say 200 years ago, the country to the south of the, of, of the United States, Mexico, was struggling. Uh, even though they had gained their independence, they were still struggling with, with corruption within. And that corruption rooted to the Spanish crown, where the, whereas there was manipulation of religion. And so if you were an early settler in Mexico and you were opposed to that system, you were paying, and you were religious, you were paying your tithing at church, at your, at your cathedral, and you were paying also... Uh, look, we take these things for granted as Americans, but you were also paying your taxes, and they were both going back to the same person, essentially, right? And, and, and just go back to the Roman Empire. You've got, you've got that. What Constantine was... You, you've, got, you've got that, right? You've got, you've got this kind of... These conquistadors, right? Of course, that's after the Roman Empire, but... Separation of church and state speaks... Church and state speaks volumes for the freedoms that we enjoy being citizens of the United States. Censorship is is a threat, but there are graver threats historically. But we just want to make sure that we retain those freedoms, regardless of political party. We want to make sure we retain those freedoms. Author, journalist, and talk show host Alexis Brooks will be joining us momentarily. She excels in covering metaphysics, spiritual, and new thought concepts. Uh, she, um, uh, she has received high, high acclaim, um, and uh, we'll hear her her story here, uh, her approach to, to life momentarily. I will be right back with, uh, with Alexis. Enjoy this. Never free, never me. Live, you have joined discussions of truth. I thank you. You can find a list of all my past guests uh, on my website, iantrotier.com. That's I N T R O T T I E R. You can listen to uh, all episodes, well, a, a good majority of them on iTunes, Google Play, um, and a number of other uh, podcasting platforms. We have with us today an incredible guest. Uh, that should uh, should take us down some very interesting interesting roads. Alexis Brooks, how are you? I'm fine, Ian Trottier. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be with you. Thank you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm very well. Um, you uh, you have gotten um, you have gotten some cl- acclaim, if you will, from. Uh, from some interesting people, um, uh, and and one of that one of those people, if I'm if I if I if I if I don't stand uh, corrected, would be Dan Rather. Is that right? Uh, yes. Well, you, you said I've got I've claimed Dan Rather. Is that what you've received <laughs> accl- acclamation? You you received some some uh, 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 credibility or some notice of praise. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Sure. Let's set the record straight. I interviewed Dan, my gosh, probably about three years ago now. And it was a lovely discussion. Uh, you know, it was it was tempting to try to pull out of him some of the less conventional things that he's known for. Um, and we did we did go there a little bit. And he, I think he enjoyed the conversation. So, uh, yeah, what did that you was dis- a fun one to do. Yeah. What did you discuss with uh, with Dan? Rather? Oh, you're going to take me down a road. And let's see. What did we? Well, <laughs> I think that if I recall, because obviously, you know, in approaching someone of his stature, even though he's been out of the, the biz for a while, I wanted to really kind of pull his coattails on where he thought new media, that which we are on right now, is going, coming from a more traditional uh, mainstream of which I, uh, where I cut my teeth. And, you know, it was really neat. Now, Dan has got to be, I know he's in his 80s, he may even be mid 80s at this point. Uh, I was just so impressed at how he has really embraced this new medium with all of its machinations, as we well know, both really. Uh, but he's really just got a, a, a youthful spirit when it comes to injecting himself in this new medium and, and had full intention of grabbing it by the you-know-what and, and doing his thing. And he is. I remember he said to me, uh, he's very, he was very active on Facebook. I think he still is. And he says, now I've got to get my Twitter operation in place. (laughs) So I thought that was so cute. He's a lovely man, lovely man. And I'll tell you something. Let's just cut right to the chase. uh, Just speaking to your audience who want to know the truth and transparency. Ian, I was so uh, delighted to hear him say, coming from the, the news desk at CBS many years ago, and I've got to recall the quote, he says, when you hear a breaking news story. Now I'm paraphrasing. I can't recall exactly, but he says, when you first receive a breaking news story, be skeptical. Wow. Excellent. Well, that's, sure did. That's music sure. to my ears. Yeah. Be skeptical. Now, obviously his was a more uh, sort of conservative justification. Essentially, he was he was basically talking about how fast news travels. We all know that in a nanosecond. And essentially, or invariably, more times than not, the initial story that you will get, the headline, the breaking headline, could very well be wrong. We've seen many uh, iterations of headlines that have come out. You know, the story has changed. And perhaps he was talking about the some of the newer journalists out there that are really just rushing to get a story out and not really looking at how credible it is at the outset. So, uh, but, you know, I think he was intimating that, you know, a lot of a lot of the stories that are coming out right now, yes, in the mainstream are indeed fake news. Oh, so, you said you it. You there s- you go. You said it, Alexis. Uh, well done. <laughs> I, and all and 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 Sean Stone is, he's big in that, isn't he? If and because I have you spoken with Sean as well, he's big oh, in the God, fake yeah. news. Sean's been on the show a lot. We well, Sean and I love to go down the road. We sort of we sort of, uh, st- what do I want to say? Stagger the road of both metaphysics and the esoteric, as well as the machinations of all of this stuff. Yeah. Let me let me throw some, let me throw something out out of you and and I'll and I'll I'll try to kind of get back to uh, where I was but so Young Hae Chi is a, is a, he lectures in Korean at Oxford University and he and he and, and we're having to reschedule I, I, I we had some technical issues uh, getting him on the program and 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 I don't know if you're familiar with with what he's written and what he's I'm researching I'm not but but Dr. Chi, uh, Dr. Chi says he has enough evidence, and, and I'm just I'm throwing this out there because because like you said, this is a discussion of truths, right? So the, the mm. platform. He's, he 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 argues he argues that there is there is an uh, there is an extraterrestrial species currently uh, uh, inhabiting planet Earth with us, and they mm-hmm. are they they are interbreeding with uh, members of the human race to create. This is this is a real deal, and this is again. He lectures at Oxford. Um, I'm familiar now with what you. I, I did not know the name, but I'm familiar with this particular academician. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Go ahead. So, so the the objective here, the objective is and is to is to create a hybrid uh, species uh, to combat the uh, the coming forth, whenever that is, destruction of the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, per per climate change, through through your expertise and your research and and and, and your learnings, how far stretched is that, or or does that does that <laughs> kind of does that does that parallel some of the Look, things that, that go ahead? Everything that we're looking at in the field of ufology, and I say we because I do consider myself one of those individuals. This idea 
first of all, this this notion that not only extraterrestrial, but perhaps interdimensional, extra-dimensional, non-human intelligence exists, is ubiquitous, is amongst us, is really uh, yesterday's news. Now, wow. on top of that, on top of that, this idea of hybridization uh, I'm thinking of a colleague of mine that I work very closely with. In fact, I did the narration for his book entitled Meet the Hybrids. He co-authored, this is Miguel Mendonca who co-authored this with Barbara Lamb. These are the individuals who have gotten past the notion of is it possible and are interacting with individuals who say they are hybrid. Now, you, at, it, I'm, I'm familiar now with what you're talking about. I, I could not recall the gentleman's name, but I, I do know the story. And this has hit some aspects of mainstream. He has a he has a definite hypothesis as to how it's happening and why it's happening. I'm not necessarily going to say that is the case or not. I don't think any of us know what's going on. But Ian, I've got to tell you, of the research that I've done, the individuals that I have met, and in, in the depth of conversation that I have had, I have a sense that there is such a thing taking place. Now, the big question is, to what extent, by whom, and I think the whom is a spectrum of non-human intelligence, if this is so. Um, and th as to the why, that's anyone's guess. But I'm going to state for the record, I have reason to feel, and I, I, I don't like to use the, the term belief because it's a bit nebulous to me, but I have a sense that, yes, we are walking amongst those that may not be 100% homo sapiens sapien. Wow. I have talked. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to put that on the record. In fact, I'm thinking of someone right now who who will go on uh, not named, right. who told me in confidence that she had a hybrid child. And what? okay, no, no, sorry. It, I'm, excuse my reactions. Please, please, let's <laughs> just continue. Well, this, this is, is incredible. This is incredible. This is, this is just one of several. I mean, wow. we only have 35 minutes, but absolutely. I don't know how much detail I can go into, and I do want to be careful because the person, this person is is relatively well-known. In fact, her husband even more so. But she told me in explicit detail, uh, and th by the way, this is a person who is not in the field of ufology at all. This is a person that is in the broader spectrum of consciousness research and, and really near-death studies. Uh, but this individual told the story of her being, she was pregnant, she had a nighttime visit, let's just say, of what she described as what would be known as small grays. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing, Ian, because I don't know. I, first of all, I want to honor this individual and her anonymity, but I want to give you just a you know baseline of some of the stories that I have heard. Nonetheless, and this is a very, very credible individual, by the way, very intelligent. And she essentially said that she knew instinctively when those entities entered the room that the baby would be taken well get this hold on to your hat for this one she went to her physician i believe she was in her either for uh, probably the latter part of her first trimester invariably went to her physician and the physician said let's call her lisa the physician physician said lisa you're not pregnant anymore you're not pregnant anymore Physician was confounded, obviously, as was the, the mother-to-be. Well, to make a long story short, not that long after the pregnancy reappeared, she became not re-impregnated, but the pregnancy resumed. As a result, she had a child. I saw a picture of this child, Ian. The child did not look human to me. There were subtle differences in the features, but there was something very un... Well, I don't want to say unhuman. Something different about this child. There's more. <laughs> Continue. Are you there? I'm, Are you yeah, still there? No, this is this is <laughs> Listen, great. Revelations are happening daily, my friend, and I think that we are living in a time where we need to be getting ready for the unexpected uh, in ways in, the, in of which we know not yet. I'll tell you another quick story. I just came back from the the contact in the desert event in Indian Wells, California, which I emceed, co-hosted along with some some buddies of mine, Jimmy Church and Alan Steinfeld and others. And long story short, I was getting ready to introduce Whitley Strieber for his lecture in a big hall, about a thousand people. And I was making my way to the hall, uh, walking outside, and a baby who looked to be about, oh, two or so months old, caught my attention. Interestingly, this baby had features somewhat similar to the, the other oh individual I just told you about. 
And I looked at this individual and the mother was holding her. And I said, you are just so incredible. Cute babies, of course, are going to catch your attention. But something about this baby looked incredibly wise and universal, let's just say. Well, the baby, Ian, reached out and grabbed my finger. And I said, there's something special about this child. Please forgive the, I think Air Force One's going over right now. (laughs) Are you? You're in in D.C.? No, no, no. <laughs> no, Air Force One travels. I'm in the Boston area. You're the- <laughs> actually close to an Air Force base. So forgive forgive audience. Uh, it's a bit loud. But nonetheless, I said to, to the mother, I said, this baby seems so special. And she looks at me very seriously and says, she's a hybrid. What? She's a hybrid. Now, I immediately. Now, the things that we're talking about, these are not left brain things, guys. We're talking about things that are still hard to get our head around. And yet... These may very well be happening. We don't know the hows or the whys to the what extent of it all, but I'm open to it. I'm pragmatic. Oh, hello? Yep. I hear you. I hear you, Alexis. We hear you. Hello? Yep. I'm here. We're here. Hear you loud and clear. I'm here. Ian? Yep. I'm here. Let, let me, uh, I'm here. Yep, I'm here. Let's see here. <laughs> you are heard. You, you can be heard. I lost you for a minute. Okay, you're back? <laughs> or I'm back? I'm back. You're back. We're back. <laughs> or we're still going, right? We're still going. Okay. Interesting uh, things that we're talking about uh, this this sometimes happens when we have these interesting discussions, but we'll carry on. Uh, let me let me wrap this particular little story up. So as as the mother told me this, I was not surprised because I have I believe that I have seen the semblances of this before. While we walk into Whitley's, I was preparing to introduce Whitley Streber, and the uh, both the mother and father and the baby were there, and I the, the baby again staring at me, and I said to the mother, I said, may I bring your baby on stage? Wow. <laughs> and she said, Absolutely. Great. I said, I, not that I want to parade the child around, but I want that magic. There was something, Ian, that was unspeakable, that was emanating from that child that I picked up on. And I wanted that energy to emanate throughout the room. And so I brought the baby on stage and just shared her briefly with the audience and then brought her over to Whitley to introduce. And I said, Whitley, she's a hybrid. And Whitley Strieber nodded his head and, in, in, you know, affirmatively. So, there, there are lots of those stories. So long answer to your short question. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it likely happening? Quite possibly. It's, yeah, so there seems, you go. Sure. It seems like you've got, you've got two examples right there. Alexis, when, you, when you've looked at both of these, uh, both of these babies, these hybrid babies, what, what have you seen? What are, what are the characteristics that strike you no. as abnormal? It's not so much, Ian, what is seen is what I just said, what is felt. And that's something that can't be quantified. You know, I think we all have an instinctual side to us. And maybe some of us have a little bit more of an open door to that than others. I've always been somewhat sensitive, let's just say. Some people say empathic, uh, whatever we call it. It's there. I think it's innate within us. And I think many of us act on it, whether consciously or unconsciously. Now, in in the case of the first child that I was describing, I had not met her. This was a physical appearance that it's you know it's just so difficult to explain uh there's something in the eyes there's something in the eyes almost an uh asiatic look in the eyes now this child was caucasian you know with parents both both very well american but there's something different in the eyes and in the expression and perhaps even in looking at the picture i felt something different coupled with the story now, with the child that I recently met in uh, out in California, it was a felt experience. And interestingly, we locked eyes and she gave a look of wisdom. She gave a look of, I don't know, it, it, it's something that can't be put in words. Like a and higher again, intelligence. I, you know, I'm not hierarchical, so I'm not going to say higher, just okay. more in depth. Okay. More in depth. Yes. Yeah, there are so many unknowns in this this broad spectrum we call just the ET UFO phenomenon. I think there's lots of phenomena out there that we are uh, intertwined with all the time. 
And we, bless our hearts as humans, our left brains want so badly to define, to to label, to understand. And the one thing that I have learned in all of my research and all of my contemplations in doing this research is we need first to have a spirit of humility when ex- when exploring these things and to not be so anxious to join uh, a consensus on what it is or is- isn't happening, but rather to investigate it with a very, very open mind and heart. And so that's the approach that I take. Now, I, 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 you've, you've written a book, a Conscious Musings, Contemplations to Transform Life and Realize Potential. Um, it reached a number one selling, uh, number one best selling status on on Amazon in mm-hmm. the category of uh, sociology and social theory. How different? And of course, we kind of opened up this discussion with uh, with with Dan Rather and and, and then uh, 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 the lead to, to fake news. Uh, we realize we are in a very changing world and a very different world and it changes yearly and 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 to kind of try to categorize if you will like like you just mentioned we we try to define those changes in decades but they are happening more rapidly of course um annie uh, uh, jacobs uh, jacobson if i pronounced her name right is wrote a a, a best selling book uh, on area 51 um and um you know i, I what is it what is it in your life that kind of got you looking um looking past um or 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 can i come back and say um you know maybe maybe naturally this is all this is how you've always been but but to go back to what Dan Rather had had kind of counseled you or uh, counseled your listeners to what would, would be to not 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 accept it, uh, that narrative um, that's given on a story, whether it's through mass media or whatnot. But but again, to maybe kind of question uh, mm. what's given you and question authority. Uh, 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 what was it with you that had you looking past mm. the, the 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 that kind of. Um, categorical narrative that that we try to clump life into. <laughs> you know, where shall I start? I think for me, and I think, well, I know for me, and I think for many others, Ian, not the majority, but certainly significant amounts of individuals, some of us are just naturally inquisitive and naturally skeptical. I have always questioned consensus reality as far back as I can remember. I'm lucky, I'm blessed that I grew up in a household of two parents who were extraordinarily inquisitive, asked big questions about all things paranormal, from reincarnation to, to after-death communication to to UFOs, etc. I have, so that was nurtured in me. It's interesting because there was a point at which uh, I was questioning the consensus or let's say status quo reality based on some experiences that I was having that just did not match up with what I was told, how I was told reality worked. And somewhere along the line that I can't quite pinpoint, fairly young, in that deeper quest to understand how reality worked, I became very skeptical as to what we were being told and the motivation for why we were being told what we were being told. Uh, and it developed from there. You can't look at this in a vacuum. I mean, I've been around a little while and got a ways to go. So I'm still trying to unfurl and unpeel this multi-layered onion. I have a feeling that that we are living in a program, and maybe literally <laughs> a program, a software program even, that has certain protocols that some of us understand are simply a cover for something quite deeper. You, and I'm one of those. Mm, go ahead. Do do you do does does the word matrix apply to that program? Sure, absolutely. Well, that, I mean that's sort of a euphemism that's been used. Obviously, the Matrix movie started that process, and even beyond that, absolutely. 
in fact, I'm very intrigued by the, the idea of the possibility that our reality is a constructed reality coming or emanating from somewhere else. I want to be very careful with the words that I use here because we can get caught up in words and labels and definitions and go off, uh, we're led astray. But the idea, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the work of the late Michael Talbot. I read, uh, voraciously read uh, The Holographic Universe and all of the individuals that uh, worked with him on this, including David Baum and Carl Prebrum, f- physicists who were looking at the idea that our reality may be a plastic reality and more hologram-like than we understand. That, on top of some of the research that's being done now in more mainstream science, looking at this idea that we may be living in quite literally a simulated reality uh, is, is intriguing to me. It resonates with me. So if that's the case, now we're, we're, we're bunching a whole bunch of things together and they're all very complex, but imagine if that's the case, all bets are off as far as absolutely everything that we know, that we believe, that we've trusted, that, that we've built our world, worldview on, including those who are constructing the, quote, fake news for us. Take that in, the, in a larger context of this is just a simulation. That That's an interesting concept. So Quite frankly, what we're looking at maybe is a reality that's far more plastic than we know and far more malleable and able to be molded by us as individuals than we realize. So that's where, you know, paradigms can change and and our approach to how we live can change. So I know I said a lot there. Take it where you want from there. (laughs) Yeah, you've you've got. okay. so let me throw this. Let me let me let me let me throw this out there and. Are, are you familiar with the with the late uh, and I actually opened the show talking about him, uh, Doctor Anthony Sutton? Are you familiar with that name? You know, I'm not. No, you, I'm not actually. Okay. No, I have to say. Are, are Are you familiar with 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 the the, the It's really a philosophy, uh, the Hegelian dialectic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 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 Doctor Sutton, he's a former uh, uh, Hoover fellow at Stanford, um, and he. Uh, he was reprimanded, and, and I spoke about this to open the show. He was reprimanded um, and in 1972. Miami Beach Convention happened to be a Republican convention, and uh, when he turned to Palo Alto, they threatened to, to fire him because of the information that he had divulged. Well, in, mm-hmm. in short, in short, what he had divulged was um, was uh, uh, it, it, mechanics that are working in the U.S. government that thread through uh, into the the society the skull and bone society and fraternity at yale university but that that kind of threads that kind of threads back through germany and 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 frederick hegel um and in societies that uh, in, in germany and of course it, many of that also thread back through 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 the roman roman empire okay so let's let's bring it up to uh, today and then let me insert into what you had just kind of said um what is your opinion on uh, the uh, Federal Reserve, the U- U.S. Federal Reserve? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's so much of an opinion as what I've learned, first and foremost, and I think probably your very wise audience is aware that this is not a governmental organization. It's a private organization, first and foremost, which is fairly well known. Uh, I, I'll tell you the truth. I don't want to speak out of school, but my my sense, uh, whether it's federal or not, it's not. It's it's private organization. Is it's as much a part of the matrix of of control as it, it, all of our other institutions. I think it's predicated largely on some some false narratives. And you know, anyone see the movie Thrive? That's a great that's a great primer to learn about the Federal Reserve and beyond. Uh, this is not really my forte. I'll be frank with you, but right. I, I, I'm skeptical, obviously, of their, uh, of all of the activity. I mean, are, are we looking at fiat money here? Is this money even real? You know, but that's about as far as I'm going to go with that. I'm yeah. not really schooled in that area. No, great. I mean, you know, they, I, we hosted, uh, we hosted David Ike. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with David. Yes. Ike. Um, we we had him on join the program a couple of weeks ago, and um, and he he had he had I, I don't know I don't know if he had spoken about the U.S. Federal Reserve. Of course, he's a British citizen, but he spoke you know he spoke a, a lot about the um, the 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 crown uh, the British crown there, and 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 then I I kind of tried to get get him down into um, into the, the the Vatican arena and and how much of this. Um, you know how much who are the players of the matrix? I, I kind of like, you know, like you're saying right. we know that 
Hey, hey, we know that we know that as U.S. citizens, we 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 there there. Martin Luther King fought for you know these these rights that 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 are enjoyed, uh, and then we hope that we, we we are enjoyed and becoming infringed upon, like like free mm-hmm. speech and, and and censorship. But um, you know how much how much of um, yeah, because the Vatican, Rome is a very healthy city. It's a very healthy organization, and and I don't go. I, I try to avoid. Uh, religion and politics, but 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 there are certain organizations and groups um, globally that certainly play into this um, uh, global economy um, in, mm-hmm. in, in in a very heavy heavy manner. Um, Alexis, tell us about tell us about conscious musings. Tell us about your book. Um, <laughs> what can what can what can listeners expect? Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and we're throwing kind of, you know, throwing different things out there, but, mm-hmm. um, for them to listen to, but, but tell us, tell listeners about your book. Tell well, to, to segue from what you were talking about and, and what I think you were alluding to, Ian is, you know, who is constructing this reality, this matrix and all of the, you know, systems that, uh, that we build our own worldview around conscious musings. The first, the, the book is divided into three parts. One deals with looking at the world as it is, and, and it, but subsequently looking at the world as it could be. The world as it is, taking into account that there are, it seems, traps that we have been indoctrinated into that we follow quite blindly. And it's time for us to take stock of those things, uh, both individually as well as a collective, uh, but most importantly, uh, to, to take you know, to to do a self-assessment based on the things that we have held, uh, um, you know, so near and dear to us for so long and really asking ourselves, is this this what I really should be paying attention to? Why is it that I am so interested in entertainment, which I like to also refer to as entrainment? (laughs) Why is that? Why am I so uh, celebrity struck? Where is this coming from? Where is this emanating from? So, so the first part of the book is really just t- doing a self-examination, knowing full well that most of us are not truly happy with the lives that we're living. Surely there are many, quite a few that are, but I, I would dare say there are many that feel that there's a lot lacking and really doing a self-assessment from that perspective. And next, the second section of the book really deals with, delves into what we call the paranormal or metanormal. It's called the magic mystery and metaphysics of consciousness. Really delving into, you know, we've touched on the ET reality and all its permutations and looking at how fundamental that is to reality and to us and how much of it is us as we interact with it, that being the paranormal. And why is it that we are in such vehement denial about paranormal experiences when most of us have had one or two, you know, again, going back to part one of the book, indoctrination. We have been taught to ridicule. We have been taught to poo-poo anything that can't be quantified, uh, you know, in the 3D world. Really just taking a deeper look, in at reality and how we fit into it. So the book is about that. And then finally, the the final section has to do with how now that we've done a self-assessment, now that we've uh, looked at reality as an infinite spectrum of phenomena, and that we have perhaps a symbiotic relationship, now what can we do to change the trajectory of our own lives, transform ourselves through contemplation and realize our potential? That's what Conscious Musings is about. And I got to pat myself on the back, man, because when you, <laughs> that book was written five years ago, and I have to tell you, I had to flip through it. Of course, I know basically what it's about, but you talk to any author that's been, you know, I've done so much research since then. So it's been five years since that book came out. Okay. <laughs> I had to kind of, <laughs> I had to brief myself on uh, what I went into, <laughs> but you know, it was written, <laughs> it was written, came out in 2014, March of 2014, went right to number one. I was so honored and humbled and, and so excited because I think people are starting to seek this information out. You know that, you well know that with your audience. Uh, now in 2014, I was still talking about the Mayan calendar in 2012 and wow. some of the expectations from that and where that seems to be well in our, our rearview mirror. Much of the things that I talked about, the problems, the dichotomous situations that we're dealing with now, the, the great altruism on one side and crazy hideous behavior on the other, this dichotomy of consciousness and the precipice of change, all of these things we're still in play with. Here we are uh, five years later. So 
yeah, lots uh, of stuff going on right now. <laughs> yeah, that. So, so what's 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 next for you, Alexis Brooks? What's what's next for you? Well, I got a lot. I'm, I'm juggling a bunch <laughs> of balls right now. <laughs> Let me pull out my list here. Oh, look, I am just so gratified to be involved in this work and to be able to speak with people <laughs> like yourself. It's it's fantastic. I've been lecturing lately. I was I lectured in Australia in January on the idea of uh, contact, when I say contact, ET contact, if you will, as a mass phenomenon. And I went through a, wow. a litany of, of clues that this very well may be the case, as hidden as it may be. Uh, I'll be giving that talk probably another couple of times before I retire it. And then going back to Australia uh, next January, I was invited back. So I'm working on uh, a bit of a, a lecture there. Uh, traveling over to the UK next month to be a part of the Awakening and Conscious Life Expo. I'll be one of the hosts there. And people have been pulling on my coattails to write another book. I don't know. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Let's I, see if the bug hits me again. I think you may have some substance. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Well, <laughs> you're funny. Uh, <laughs> the quest, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, never a dull moment. We have so much that's yet to be discovered, Ian, so much. And I said this, I was on a, a, another radio show yesterday, and I, I, I love saying this because I want people to take this in. As we all try to seek answers, when we're asking the big questions, I say, if we dare explore the true nature of reality, humility is a universal mandate. Oh, great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what right. I try to keep front and center. Absolutely. And I think it's I think it's natural for the for the for for, for our species to 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 obviously not be humble. We're we're, we're very easily uh, a, a proud of ourselves, aren't we? Um, <laughs> uh, 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 Alexis, tell us a little bit more about your about that radio show. Because are you currently doing a your your own? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Higher journeys. Yes. That's my that's my. Uh, that's my handle. <laughs> I do. I guess they call it a podcast. You know, I've been in I've been in uh, mainstream. Well, I, I'm not in mainstream now, obviously, but I started in mainstream <laughs> broadcasting in 1986. So I, I'm still loath to, to call my show a podcast, but I guess it's a podcast. So I do that. I do a long form uh, guest based show very much like yours uh, every week. And I do occasionally uh, on location with my guests uh, every Wednesday, typically, with the exception of uh, uh, this week. Uh, it'll be Friday because I've got a lot of other projects going on. But yes, it's a weekly show. I also have a, a segment called Conscious Commentary where I simply muse about uh, subjects. Oftentimes it'll be um, you know, stuff that came up with my guests that I didn't get a chance to fully flush out. Uh, or whatever's whatever's on folks' mind, and there's a lot going on. So, so yes, Higher Journeys, higherjourneys.com is where you can find me, uh, my home online, and YouTube. You know, we're doing the YouTube thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, you've got to, right? You've got to. I, I, Ray McGovern, who's 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 very high level at CIA, uh, joined the program. It's been been over a year, but he had he had high praise, and I and I try to I try to encourage uh, my listeners to to do their own type podcast it's really it's really the last frontier and i think that's maybe what th that's maybe the phrase that he used um it's it's unfortunately we just can't like you had alluded to um uh, we just can't rely on uh on these major corporations these, these, these certainly not we can't do that certainly not no relying is the last thing you should do now i'll say this I know that there's a movement out there for people to just shut it down, throw their TVs out the at the window. I know some people that have literally done that. Now, me as a journalist, I want to be able, as much as I will cuss and curse and say, damn it, <laughs> with, with, with some of these stories that are coming out. Obviously, as I said to Dan Rather, we, we used to say in the business, if it bleeds, it leads. And what I say now is if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't make the cut. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Meaning that the entire broadcast is bleeding. So... I don't know. As I watch these broadcasts, what I try to do is look from an analytical point of view and try to establish patterns and what they may be trying to, uh, um, you know, put out to the masses. And there are definitely themes. And I ask people, be, please be uh, diligent in, uh, in looking at patterns in how news is being delivered to you. And you can kind of see what's going on. So for that purpose, I say, go ahead and watch the news and you'll see for sure. If you, if you have any doubt to the illegitimacy of what you're being told, 
go go watch, but watch with a discerning eye and an analytical eye, and then come and, and you know choose your choose your media wisely. But I'll say this, if I may, I know we're running out of time, but at the end of the day, uh, Ian, you know we write books, we give lectures. There's news, there's information everywhere. It's ubiquitous, but there's nothing more sacred and more revelatory than silence and solitude. We have to find a way to bring that back into our lives and make that a priority. I really think true epiphany comes in silence. Wow. The very gracious Alexis Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. Alexis, what a pleasure to to have have you on the program and, and have a nice discussion with you. Thank you for joining Winwood Radio. The pleasure was mine. Thank you so much, Ian. Alexis Brooks, and um, that was impressive. She is a, an impressive woman. Uh, if, 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 if you are not familiar with her work, um, I'll be the first to urge you to, uh, to become, become so. Um, I'll be, ra- be back with some closing comments. Enjoy this. Given, I go back to Metallica. I, of course, I'm a Metallica fan. It's obvious. I open up with Seek and Destroy. Why do I open up with Seek and Destroy? Because I feel like we all need to be seeking out. Certainly, what I do on Discussions of Truth on a weekly basis, I seek out corruption to destroy it. Okay, and you know, Metallica's got that heavy kind of message. Uh, that uh, that I like, and 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 yes, definitely, I'm I'm very familiar with uh, with their work. But but look, I don't always don't always go the Metallica route. Um, when I started broadcasting from our previous studio, um, or by Zach the Baker, um, as a matter of fact, I, I would uh, I would frequently play a little Grateful Dead. Yes, both San Francisco roots, California roots. Uh, can't help myself. Uh, the Grateful Dead has some 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 very beautiful, beautiful tunes. Um, guests that have joined Discussion of Truth. Stephen Kinzer. Uh, last I heard, certainly when he was on the program, uh, he was uh, instructing at the, the Brown University. Um, John Perkins wrote uh, the, uh, Confession of Economic Hitman. He dives into not working for the CIA. Mm directly uh, being contracted by the CIA CIA yes I think it was Jaime Rojas uh, to be a to be an economic hitman and and yes if they don't conform uh, ie Panama if they don't conform to uh, the, the the US economic plan uh, they pay for that with with their with their life so 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 right is that who's who is that is that just yeah don't like that at all. Nomi Prince, uh, former Goldman Sachs uh, employee, Chris McDaniel, uh, senator from Mississippi. These are all folks that have joined the program. David Icke, as I had mentioned, uh, with Alexis. Cynthia McKinney, six-term 
uh, former six-term U.S. Congresswoman. Um, Paul Hellyer, who I'd mentioned already, uh, Canadian uh, a politician, uh, a, a deputy prime minister, was the highest rank that he held. It's basically basically uh, being the vice president uh, uh, in, in terms of uh, politics in the United States. And Paul Craig Roberts. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts was uh, a leading economic advisor under the Reagan administration. Those are just a few of the very incredible guests that the program has received. Alexis Brooks, check her material out. Tom Hartman will join us next month. And next week, I'll be back with Leon Walker as he discuss his book, Broken, former United States Naval Officers. Until next week, I have been your host of Discuss, discuss Your Truth, weekly on Windows Radio at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be awesome.